On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. Coming in at 320 kilobytes per second, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Maddie C. For you and me. Hey, Brian, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Welcome to the show. Episode 14 of Maddie C Sports for you and me. And uh, welcome back. You've been on a previous show and uh, had some good topics now and going to have some good topics again. Oh, I'm just kind of repeating myself, but um, so we'll be talking about the NBA playoffs Eastern Conference tonight with Celtics and Heat, and also Sunday's game with the Pats and the Miami Dolphins. So we'll start off with the football first since you're rocking the Patriots right now. Um, so pretty good game, good start to the season. Um, Patriots won. 21 to 11. Um, now, usually we have an issue with the Dolphins a little bit. And um, my impression of Cam Newton wasn't bad. He had a he brought his old scramble back, which I was happy to see. Um, and the offense was pretty, pretty decent. And I think our defense helped a lot. Um, so my stats here, we had, uh, we had Cam, he had uh, 15 for 19 for 155, and his rushing was 15 carries for 75 with two TDs. Now, that's a big step for Cam Newton, considered he was pretty much just thrown around in Carolina, and he was the team over there. But uh, how do you think he did uh, this Sunday? Yeah, I thought he played uh, really good. I thought he played an, uh, an efficient game. Uh, you know, first game, no no preseason. Uh, I thought the game plan was relatively pretty straightforward. You know, they ran the ball a lot with him, with the backs. And, you know, then the second half, they opened up the passing game. But I thought he was efficient. I thought he had a couple really good accurate throws with some zip on the ball. Um, you know, he put them in position to score. Uh, they really should have had 31 points because Nick Folk missed a field goal and Nikhil Harry fumbled the ball in the you know, out of the end zone for a touchback. So I was impressed with the way he played. Um, he doesn't look like hurt, you know. He looks he looks good, and I thought I was encouraged by the way he played, and he felt comfortable. So for the first week, I think you know it, it was good to see. There's still a lot, obviously, going forward, and you're going to play a lot better teams. But week one for Cam was was definitely a success, I thought. Oh, for sure. And um, Miami, um, pretty decent. I don't know how they're going to do, considering they chose Fitzpatrick over um, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. But I think that was a risky pick on the Dolphins' part because – they wanted Tua to be this rising star, but 
lot of people should know that, you know, he's very injury prone with his ankles, his, his legs and his ability. And I used to watch him as an Alabama fan and great player, but you're going to see a lot of better outcomes with Jalen Hurts, who plays for the Eagles. Um, if they utilize him like they should. Um, so I think the Dolphins did what they could. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a veteran quarterback. He is a good quarterback, but he usually goes to the team that really doesn't have an offensive line. So, I mean, they had some weapons back in the day with Jarvis Landry and all that, but now it's, who do you go to, you know? And again, I thought the Patriots played great week run, but my problem is that's week one. We all know week one is week one. Like you said, no training, I mean, no um, preseason games. And I thought it was a decent game for the Patriots. Now, we did play the Miami Dolphins. And the problem with that is that's the Miami Dolphins. We haven't played a tough team yet. Like next week, we have Seattle. We'll see how they really um, do in that sort of aspect. And uh, what do you think about Seattle this next week? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's such it's a much um, difficult. It's a different thing. I mean, that you know, week one you at home you play a divisional opponent, Miami, who, you know, Fitzpatrick turned, gave you the ball three times. You know, you played a team that you were definitely better at, better than going to Seattle. They played great in week one. Russell Wilson had a hell of a game. They're a team that you know, you know, is going to be a playoff team, could be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, you know, they, they're they legit. And if you can go to Seattle and replicate some of the things that you did against the Dolphins, okay, now we're talking. Like, now that's that's an impressive win if you can do that. So it's kind of cool off the right off the bat is that you, know, you play the first game against the Dolphins and you get the win, but week two, you have a challenge right away. It's not like they're playing the Jets or they're playing, you know, some team that they're better than. They have to go on the road and, you know, cross country and play a very, very good team. It's going to be a great challenge for the secondary because I thought the secondary looked really good against Miami. But it was Fitzpatrick, you know, it was, who's, you know, fine for what he is, but, you know, he gave gave you a couple in that game and you got to go play Russell Wilson and it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be really interesting to see how the defense does against Seattle. And then on the, on the flip side of that, you know, what if Seattle's able to take away the little bit of the run for the Patriots? How do they adjust? So I think that this is a great week too, to sort of, early on the season, see what the Patriots kind of are made of. I think you just don't know still. It was a nice week one, but I don't even know. Does anybody even know the ceiling for this team? Like, could they still be a seven-win team, or could they win 11 games? Like, I don't know. You know, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and I see them going into a high um, record. I do, but I I see it as a – um, a Matt Castle type of season where we lost Brady for a while and, you, you know, and then Castle comes in and he still s- served a decent record. I believe he went 11 and five. Yeah. 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 yeah 11 and five. And that's not bad for a backup quarterback. And you're not always going to get a, 
2000 Tom Brady where you're backed up, you're backing up one of, one of the best Patriots of all time, even though I wasn't a big fan, Drew Bledsoe. And um, we'll see what happens. I mean, so I think we'll shift topics with going to Tom Brady in his first game. Now, I think that was more of a challenge for Tom Brady playing against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Now, his team did not – I wasn't expecting um, that type of game from uh, – his offensive line was – I thought was awful. I thought his receivers weren't giving him help. His, his – um, Leonard Fournette didn't do really much. And um, I think it was just a hard, hard game for Brady coming out of like, I still think he had the jitters of leaving New England. And now he's got a new coach in um, Bruce Arians. And he's he's just not, he just threw him right under the bus this week. And um, I really think that's a shame because he is a, I mean, look at the rings. Just Bruce Bruce Arians doesn't have that many, I don't believe. So um, what I saw from the New Orleans Saints was great. I thought they played very well. I think they went off just – it's like they never left the season from last year with their running game and their offensive game. They just – they know how to switch it up. And I loved when they used their um, setup at three where they had Breeze, um, Kamara, and – I think they had Teddy Bridgewater at the time too, um, setting them three back in the line because you didn't know where it was going to go. So um, they were very impressive against the Bucs, and I think Brady's going to have a tough time. What do you think of Brady this year? Well, you know, like you said about the Saints, I mean, that was a very tough week one. You have to go on the road and play a team that it was bringing back a lot of the same team. So they, they really did pick up where they left off. I mean, they added Emmanuel Sanders and they added a few pieces, but for the most part, it's the same core. Uh, so that advantage there, the, you know, the Bucks are, you have a new quarterback and, you know, you have, uh, you know, Gronk's there and you're trying to fit some pieces together and it's a learning curve and, and, for the Saints, they were able to just pick up and have that chemistry because the Bucks offense looked out of sync a lot. The first drive was really good, um, and I was like, "Oh, here you go." That you know, this is what everyone expected. But they struggled. Uh, the offensive line had a hard time protecting Brady. I thought Brady kind of looked uncomfortable. Uh, he kind of looked similar to some of the games from last season. You know, he, he threw a terrible pick six. He kind of forced the ball to Mike Evans in the middle of the field for a pick. And I didn't think they looked like they had a ton of chemistry. So going forward, he, here's the deal with this. And, and I'm rooting for Brady to do well in Tampa. But – and I think that they – you know, it's I'm not making any, like, Super Bowl prediction about the Pats or the Bucks after week one. Like, you, know, the, the, too early. you just – it's, too, it's early. too early. But Brady has the weapons this year. I mean – Godwin and Evans are Pro Bowl receivers. And that's not, you know, what the Pats had last year. It was Julian Edelman, and it was, you know, an injured Muhammad Sanu who couldn't get separation, Nikhil Harry who couldn't do much, and the age of Kobe Myers. And it was just there wasn't the weapons besides throwing to Edelman or throwing to James White. That's not the case this year. I mean, you have two Pro Bowl receivers. You have O.J. Howard. You do have Gronk, not sure what he's going to actually do, but for a second tight end with O.J. Howard, you have running backs. 
the weapons are there. Now, I don't know if the offensive line could protect him, but he can't blame the people to throw the ball to because they're there. Uh, the defense, I don't know how their defense is going to do. I know they have a young secondary that people like their front seven, but it wasn't a great week one for them because I thought they were going to lose the game maybe by three or a touchdown, but they kind of got their butts kicked and they got a rebound next week. I think that's our huge early season game. They're at home. They're playing the Panthers, I believe. And because mm-hmm. it didn't look good week one, no. it looked like they did not, but then again, no preseason, so you got to give them time to develop. But it's something to keep an eye on, that if Brady's in this offense six weeks in, doesn't have the chemistry, then then what do you start saying? You know, so not not a great first week, though. Right. And, I mean, you, you know, watching ESPN and watching all that stuff, you can't really believe most things. But you can see that, I mean, some teams are just – not what they used to be or what's going on. I mean, you have the Washington football team who's one and oh and every everybody's going off to this week one like it's like it's like week uh week fourteen, like they're battling for playoff spots. And it's like literally week one is your just you're getting started out and you wanna see what's going on. I mean you got the Giants on one. I mean last night was a disgrace. I mean Juan Barkley had five total rushing yards. That's your yeah. main your main running back running that. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was taking care of business last night. I was very impressed with the Steelers. He's got – when you got Juju on your team, you're really going to start to um, progress. And they've always had a great offense from my part. Their defense is, is there. They, they are playoff contenders right there. And it, um, Yeah, definitely. That, that's the team I think that I I got the biggest takeaway from from week one was Pittsburgh simply because I didn't know how Big Ben was going to look. And I thought he played great last night. And I thought mm-hmm. their defense looked ferocious. I mean, they I don't know how great the Giants offensive line is. It looks pretty bad. But they were getting after the quarterback and making plays. And Big Ben looked great, picking right where he left off with like Juju. And uh, that receiver Washington looked good. Pittsburgh always finds receivers, and I'm telling you, I think that team, you have an extra playoff spot now. Big Ben stays healthy there, and they're going to make the playoffs. That's, like, the only, like, overreaction-like thing I'm making from week one is Pittsburgh looks like they're a legit team again. The only team that the AFC North, in for the Pittsburgh part, that they need to watch out for in the AFC North is the Baltimore Ravens, and they're they're a stacked team too, and they're they're nobody to mess with. They're um, they're a type of team that, you know, of course I love the Patriots as much as you do, and you know to see it um, to where, of course I want them Cam Newton them to battle to get to an AFC Championship or a Super Bowl. But, you know, I, I see a contender in being the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens so far. I'm not too sure how good the Steelers will be against a tougher opponent. But, again, like you said, um, Roethlisberger played great. The offense was great. Um, defense shut down Barkley. And don't even care who the quarterback is from New York because it's it's just not a big deal to me. And I have other people that I know that are – our Bills fans, and they were like, yeah, we won yesterday. And it's like, you played the New York Jets. Their only offensive weapon is Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah. 
they beat they, they beat an absolute dumpster fire team, and they did it and looked good. So like, good for them. Um, it's you know Buffalo's a really interesting team this year. That they gonna they made the playoffs last year. Are they gonna build on that? Are they gonna win the division? But the Jets, I mean, that's a they're a joke. Uh, their coach sucks. Adam Gase terrible. He should be fired halfway through the year. He's one of the most overrated quarterback gurus of the last I don't know how many years. He's just a joke. And I don't know. Sam Darnold to me has just never got it. I feel bad that the situation he's in. So yeah, the it was good that the Bills won, but it don't mean much. It's the Jets and they were at home. But what you said about the uh, Ravens pit, I, I think the Ravens are still. They, I mean, they, you could say they're number one. Them in Kansas City, they're the two best teams in the AFC right now going into this season. But I think Pittsburgh is going to make it interesting in terms of they'll, you know, they play twice a year. They should be two good games. And Pittsburgh making the playoffs as a wild card, they could put a little bit of pressure on Baltimore in the division. Not that they're going to win it, but a little bit of pressure because last year Baltimore was really the only really good team in the AFC North. So it's going to – every time that rivalry – those two teams are good. Uh, it's good for football because Baltimore and Pittsburgh always always give you good games. Right. And the, you know, we're going to the NFC North now. I mean, NFC itself. I mean, I really don't see a top contender in the NFC. I mean, Arizona's picked it up, but let's see what they do with DeAndre Hawkins. Let's see what they do with their quarterback. But I saw LA Rams in Dallas last night, the late, I mean, on Sunday, the late game. I just thought they were both garbage. I, I really do. And it's just like, you know that the Chargers are missing Phillip Rivers. They have their new quarterback. And Dak Prescott, he, is he worth that millions of dollars? Absolutely not. Ezekiel Elliott, not worth that much. It's, it's, just a, it's just Dallas needs to wake up. They don't have what they used to. You, you know, everybody in Dallas is expecting, you know, well, I once saw Emmett Smith one time. I saw Troy Aikman at one time. Well, that that dynasty is done. You, you need to regroup and really think about what your team needs and wants. So I don't see a contender. Actually, besides Seattle is my only, my only prediction that will go, go as far as they need to be. Everybody will just skate by and get in. I think right now the, the I, there's a more – and it's early NFL, so it's always tough to know. But I feel com- confident saying, like, Kansas City and Baltimore are going to be good teams and, and in the mix. NFC this year, I don't know. I mean, you know, San Francisco loses week one to the Cardinals. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover of losing, and maybe they'll they'll struggle. You know, they play in the toughest division in football because you have to play Seattle. The Cardinals look much improved. And the Rams – you know, um, they won week one. They have, an, you know, obviously the McVay offense. I don't know exactly what to expect from them, but it's there's not really a bad team in the NFC West. So San Francisco is going to have their work cut out for them. But I, I think that, yeah, I think Seattle is going to be good. I would still expect the 49ers to be a playoff team and rebound. Um, the Saints, I think, are going to be good. And I think they're going to be there. But I don't know what to think about the Bucks. you know. I don't know what to think about – the Cowboys, I think, are just – they're the Cowboys, but they've been every year with Dak and Zeke. They're good. They win some they, – they're a team that people are obsessed with because they're Dallas. 
they'll, they either get to the playoffs or just miss the playoffs, and then they usually lose the first game. If they win the first game, they lose in the divisional round. That's what they've been. And it felt like watching the other night, like, yeah, McCarthy's the coach. felt like watching Jason Garrett. It was the same stuff. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, they had a chance to tie the game. They, they went for it on fourth down. It was stupid. Then they, you know, they lost. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Philly, the NFC East, you know, Philly loses to Washington. Washington, they're going to suck, but they just won week one. Because Philly, you know, I don't know. That's a team I've always, since they won the Super Bowl, I don't know. Wentz, I'm not super high on the guy. You know, he gets hurt. I think he had that one really good year till he got hurt, and then Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I mean, that division to me is going to be that one playoff team division, whoever wins it. Probably Dallas. Like, the Giants are still young. Washington still, I don't think they have the roster. Philly, they're going to be in it with Dallas, and it'll probably be one of those two teams, nine or ten wins, get it in, and the, no one else does. Because I think the NFC West might give you three playoff teams, and the NFC South might give you two because of Tampa and New Orleans. But it's still so early. NFC, definitely, it's not super clear. Yeah, you, you really can't go off of week one. you got to go off of, I mean, I would say seven or eight week seven or eight to where you're really going to see who's the top contenders and who you see is going to flake. So we'll see what happens with the NFL. So I'm it was gonna, a good week though. It was a good week. It, it was a good week and it's good to see football back and everybody healthy. And um, so now we'll switch to the NBA and the Celtics playing the Miami heat now. So last series with the Celtics, they, played great against um, Toronto. They really, it wasn't a blowout series where you saw like, oh, Toronto's like this. Celtics are like this. These two teams really played actual basketball. Great defense, great shooting, just all around amazing series, especially six and seven. And um, unfortunately we're on the back end of game three, when they hit that last 0.5 second jumper, but six and seven, man, even though we lost six and won seven, um, I thought the Celtics really are showing that we're, we're a good team and we're ready. And in a big surprise is Milwaukee, you thought was going to be that hot team, but Miami said, no, 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 we're, we're a team to, to come in force too. So um, what do you think about this series right now coming up? Yeah, so, you know, I think that you know, everybody thought Milwaukee was going to be standing in, at the East Finals. And, and Miami, you know, give them a lot of credit. I think that I slept on them all year. I thought Jimmy Butler and a, and a good cast of players, I thought Miami, it's, they're a good regular season team. And they're building towards something in the future where they'll get another guy in free agency to pair with Butler and, and Adebayo. But – you know, they proved that they're good right now. And they took care of Milwaukee handily. I mean, they they really did. Now, Milwaukee, when they came into the bubble, was not the same team as before. Uh, they were they were dominating teams in the regular season. Right. But, but the Celtics – look, Toronto was a team – I think if you asked a lot of people, they would have said Milwaukee-Toronto going into the – you know, back into the restart. 
The Celtics did a really good job because they had to face so much adversity against Toronto. And, you know, facing intense, intense defense. Uh, you know, they got thrown so many different looks. You know, after the Ananubi shot and it went 2-2, the defense on Kemba Walker was so intense. The fact that the Celtics were – and on Tatum, like I, like every time they had the ball, brought the ball up, top of the key, immense pressure on those two players. The fact the Celtics were able to battle through and win a gutsy game seven against a team like that shows their heart and shows what they can do. Uh, going into this series, I think the Celtics should win. Um, I think they're the better team. Gordon Hayward's going to be back in this series. And I think they're going to win. It's going to be another series. I think that you're going to see go six or seven in close because Miami's dogs. I mean, those guys, they just beat the Bucks. Like, they're not afraid of the Celtics. Like, as far as they're concerned, they just beat the best team and they're, 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 they should go to the finals. But the Celtics have just – they have four scoring options, really five now because Marcus Smart's out here – in the last series, like averaging like 16 points a game, draining a bunch of threes. So I just think they're going to be a little too much for Miami to handle offensively. I think that Miami has a bunch of great shooters. I'm scared of those shooters already, but the Celtics have enough weapons. Their defense, their perimeter defense is great. And I think they're going to win the series and they're going to go to the finals. That's a good prediction. Now for me, um, like I said, game sticks. Toronto play good, but game seven was the true factor of what I think is the real Celtics. Um, when you saw Van Fleet and he was just draining everything and it was really tough to watch, but in game seven, they contained him so well that he was just not himself and great defense by, you know, Marcus Smart, by Tatum, by, by everybody. And, you know, with our offensive weapon, Brown was getting in the paint and didn't care what happened. And, you know, I think I was telling you before, like, you know, he, he, uh, like almost looked like he split like a muscle or something when he went down, um, after getting a bucket. And that's a scary thing is, you know, if you lose one of those core players then the Celtics are in a little bit of a danger zone with that, but yeah. Um, the great shooting, the great defense was just great. It was unbelievable to see. I mean, these guys would take and jump away fades, and they were just right in their face. Celtics and uh, even Tice, who I don't really like myself, but he played un he played out of his mind. Like he'd be right in the paint, he'd jam right on him, and he um, he just showed a lot of heart and a lot of a lot of skill there. Now we need to work on Williams. Um, because he draws a lot of fouls. He, um, he, he just does too much in the paint and he needs to really step his game up. But the, the core players like Brown and, and Tatum and all them are really showing a lot of great skill, a lot of effort. Marcus Smart, just that guy is like a, a little mini Dennis Rodman to me because that guy can grab a rebound and just, he could break it. He could attach his retina in his eye and he would still play and still get the ball and throw it anywhere. So I think they were very impressive against the Toronto team. I don't think Kyle, Kyle Lowry was really himself. 
I don't I, – I think they just put a lot of pressure on him. I think Van Fleet was great in the series. I, I Don't get me wrong. I think he played unbelievable in the series. But his shooting just wasn't enough in game seven. I think he just gassed out. He was tired. So my prediction is the Celtics will beat the Heat as well. But you do have to worry about Jimmy Butler. He's always been a threat for years with, with the Bulls and, and everybody. Um, and you got to watch out in the other part of the, the league with LeBron and because LeBron and them are just going to handle on that West Coast side. So really it's going to be Lakers and you hope it's going to be the oldest school rivalry in the book, the Lakers and, um, and the Celtics. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is going to be a great series and I, I can't wait for it. And um, we'll really see what happens here. Yeah, I think, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at West. I mean, you have that Clippers game seven tonight. And I think on the surface, I think the Clippers have the deepest team, but they don't have this, they don't have that mentality like to close out teams. And, you know, the Lakers seem like they're ready to go. Like they just, they, you know, they've won each series in five and they're just, they're, they're determined. So, you know, It'll be interesting. I mean, I want Celtics Lakers. I think that that would be the best for the league. I think it would do good ratings and it's, it's a good story, but you know, the Celtics, it's a, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think they have a chance to win the championship. I think they're going to go there. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if, if they could beat the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nuggets, I mean, what's not, you know, they're not out yet, but I, I do, I think that what's, what's gives the Celtics an edge going forward for the second half of the playoffs here is Hayward coming back. Gordon Hayward coming back lets you shrink up your rotation. It means less minutes for Brad Wanamaker, Grant Williams, Shemi Ojale, because you're really going to run the six guys. You know, you're going to run Brown, Tatum, Walker, Smart, Tice, and Hayward. And you get to keep two scorers on the floor at all times. That's the type of versatility that, is so in our favor, being able to have multiple guys that can handle the ball. I mean, you have you know, Walker, Smart, and Hayward all can make plays with the ball and bring up the ball and do different things. And, I mean, you have at this point five guys who can do the bulk of your scoring. And defensively, Hayward is another guy, can guard multiple positions, can switch, can play, you know, it's just, just like Tatum and just like Brown. And in the last series, I thought you said before, the defense was great. I mean, Jalen Brown took Pascal Siakam to school. So, like, against Miami, you know, you're going to – I mean, they're good defensively. You're going to have to be on your game. You're going to be having to close out the shooters that they have. But having Hayward back, man, that to me is the difference. And that gives them a chance against any team left in the in the playoffs. If they didn't have Hayward – I could have thought, yeah, maybe they maxed out against Toronto. Hayward coming back changes everything for them, and I'm really excited to see what they're going to do going forward because they, they might be able to win the whole thing. There's a lot of versatility. I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward being out so long, you can take out a star for a little bit. You can, you can really utilize him as a weapon in his own way. He doesn't have to clearly shoot every shot or do anything like that. We can rotate our roster a little bit better with him back in the lineup. And it's more like a decoy for the other team. And um, the Heat will see if they really can 
um, take care of that. We'll see, we'll see what they do. Um, so that's my NBA Finals. I'm not going to predict who's going to win it. I just hope it's Celtics Lakers, and we'll see where we go from there. So, Brian, my final thing is, how are you in the haunts doing? Uh, pretty good. I mean, for the most part. I mean, we you know haven't been able still since last time we talked. You know, we haven't been able to play, and that looks like it's not. Um, changing for a, 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 a long time. I mean, I don't think – I think the rest of the year is obviously shot with that. Uh, in the spare time, you know, I've started kind of working on new stuff just because there's there's new music because there's nothing else going on. So I've, we've kind of started, like, just messing around, recording a little bit of new songs, but um, – I think we have plans to sort of shoot a, a music video, socially distanced. So we're going to do that, I think. But for the most part, man, it's just been – it sucked because it's just – you know, we had the album, wanted to go play and have fun, have been able right. to do that. So, you know, I, I've tried to, uh, you know – I started doing some live streams again on Instagram and going to try to do that but and working on some stuff. But – you know, it, it's been it's still a weird time. It's still not not, yeah. it, and and it, and it always feels like you're like, oh, like, I'm not. You feel like you should be, like, you're missing out. You're not missing out because no one else is really playing, but it feels that way. You know, like right. yeah. it, it's been a while, but you know, hanging in there, and 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 you know, we might even put like a new song out by the end of the year, just because why not you know putting new music out is always a you know helps the band look active and everything so you know we'll probably work on a video here coming up with dylan and and uh and maybe put a new song out by the end of the year so it's kind of what's going on dxb aka bill pickles yes He'll yeah help you with your video for sure yep that's um, the plan <laughs> so um so the big thing is what what um so where can we find you so everybody knows where you we can find your albums and maybe where you can purchase them from you and all that. Sure, uh, Facebook page, Brian Stoop and the Old Haunts, and then you can you can find my Instagram and Twitter at Brian Stoop. Uh, the albums all over every streaming service, Spotify, Apple Music, and iTunes, and all that stuff. Uh, and then I have physical um, CDs, uh, if anybody, you know, and I've posted this on there, so people can, you know, shoot me a message on uh, my like, Facebook, shoot the band page, uh, you know, a message, and we'll get one out to you if you want a physical copy. So what's a, what's a CD again? <laughs> it's, uh, here, uh, I thought I, I put them in the other room. I was going to grab it. Yeah, so our first CD is called From One Life to the Next, and uh, – it's got 12 tunes on it and uh you know so it's about 40 minutes or so so uh yeah it's it's you know if anybody wants to check it out on on the streaming services it's there and uh you know and we're, and we're planning on on doing a video uh coming up in the next few weeks i think for one of the songs on there so we should have a hopefully by the fall mid-fall there should be a music video out which would be cool so 
Perfect. So we'll definitely yeah. on my page or my regular page, you know where to find me, Madison Sports, Instagram, all that type of jazz. Um, we'll send your video out. We'll put your album out there and we'll try to get it going for you. I know it's tough times in COVID. You can't really perform live, but the day will come, my friend. So I'm hoping. Um, so um, again, thank you for coming on the show as always. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more into the NFL season and all that stuff. So um, yeah, till I see you again, brother. All right, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate right. it. Thanks for Always coming on fun. the show, man. All, All right, right. I'll talk to you. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you, man. All right. Bye. Okay. So that was Brian DeStoop in the old haunts, as his band is called. Um, yeah. So just want to thank my sponsors up here, Greyhound Tavern and Bridgewater Mass. Uh, great food, great drinks. So come see them and support local business. Um, I want to thank 3A Gear or 3agear.com with their Charlie Coil line and their um, gear that they have, sweatshirts, t-shirts, all that jazz. Um, I want to thank uh, Benny Blades. I usually wear their hats sometimes. Um, thanks to Keith Hayes for always looking out for me. Uh, Oscar Mike Radio, check them out too. Military-based uh, podcasting, some great stuff there. And um, BMG boys, uh, thank you for your intro and outro as always. And uh, yeah, so thanks everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, Maddie C, signing out. What's up? We the BMG boys. And thank you for listening. Please follow his Facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Let's go. Tell them no. No. When it comes to getting dough and chasing dollars.